Welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, man, back again. No Kenobi this week, though. Are you disappointed? Kenobi? Kenobi! Are you disappointed? I mean, I kind of wish we had more Kenobi, but... Well, this passed. just in. There's more. No, just kidding. We don't. We don't know any of that crap. <laughs> that that was like a Stranger Things type deal. It's just the first drop. We're getting a second part of the season. Surprise. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched the uh, this newest whatever part partial season yet. We just finished it, so we don't really have to wait. It comes out in like two days, I think. Oh, really? It's wow. Pretty good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very it's, cool. It's pretty good. Well, Are you cool. up to date before this? Did yeah. you watch season three? Okay. Yep. Don't really remember too much about it, but yeah. I mean, okay. I remember the one jerky guy wound up Hopper. being a, a poop monster. <laughs> you don't remember Hopper and his well, yeah, I crazy... Mean, I mean, spoilers. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody. It's only like a year old, you know. He died. No, he didn't. I know. I mean, see, I mean, I mean, come on. We all know he didn't <laughs> die. That was, that was kind of lame. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, my God, we've had David Harbor shoved down our throats, and, and that's not that, that sounds that sounds bad. Not really, but he's just been out and about like a lot. So, yeah, yeah the show yeah. really did launch him quite a bit, and he had done stuff before, but <laughs> yeah, a not little really bit. Really, anything yeah. that I can call to mind at the moment well then he also got the uh the role of um ah hell what was it the not captain america in the black widow movie um the russian version of captain america captain russia that eh, wasn't it <laughs> i know that's not it i don't remember what it i could was. probably look it up by just googling that and then then they'd know what i mean i'm sure you Let's could do that but uh but yeah no he's cool. he he's certainly been been out and about you know, here and there, but, uh, yeah. So oh, it is Captain Russia. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, yeah. I thought he had a different Alexia name than that. Shostak, Shostakov. I'm not going to try that. That's No, I'm not good with Russian names. Uh, yeah, it, it is Captain Russia. <laughs> are you sure? Because, like, th- I thought he had a different name. That's the ultimate Marvel version. Oh, my God. Red Guardian. That's what it was. Oh, it's Red, Red Guardian. Guardian. <laughs> yes. Captain Russia definitely seems like something they would have done in the 80s or something like that or 90s. Yeah. yeah Red, Wasn't that Red Ultimate Guardian. Marvel I, around the 80s dude, or something? I don't know. This is goofy Marvel stuff. I don't know <laughs> enough about any of that to, to really speak on it. So. We're making so <laughs> no. many people mad right now. I thought you were true Disney fans. We never said we were Disney fans. <laughs> and anyway, Marvel wasn't Disney back then, so... Well, all that stuff doesn't count anymore, just like Star Wars. Eh, that's not necessarily no. true. Uh, no, they won't wipe all that crazy lore away because that's easy to maintain, but Star Wars isn't. Yeah. Star Wars got too bloated, but Marvel didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's difficult. Well, anyway, we're not going to be talking about Kenobi this week or Red Guardians, Captain Rushes, or any other Marvel Cinematic Universal thing. Uh, We are actually going to be taking a look back at a book that came out in... April 5th. Uh, April 5th. uh, Are you sure about that? 
Yeah, so April. April. I, I'm, this is just where I just question you about everything. Yeah, it's fine. I have it pulled up. No, it's, I do too. <laughs> I'm just I'm just screwing around. So, yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> to be 100% accurate here, uh, it was actually released. You're going to say January. For, January 25th in for Germany. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, so we blew right past this book. I think we were we were effectively doing a lot of lead up to Kenobi, and then obviously Kenobi, and uh, yeah, I figured this would be a good one just to kind of like uh, step out of Kenobi, step into a series that I think we've generally generally positively reviewed. Right, the first two, but especially the first one. Yeah. Second yeah. one. Yeah. Would... yeah. The second one kind of felt, in a way, like it didn't necessarily need to happen, but it was still a decent story. The first one was very good, I thought. Well, the first one was specifically the occupation, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah that 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 really established um, that that really established all the handmaidens, and I don't know, it just gave a, a kind of a cool view of who they who they were, you know, the dynamic between them and gave some faces to these unknown characters from Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. that honestly, before reading these books, I don't know if I ever really thought about them all that much. I mean, they were mentioned, but Mm -hmm. it's just not, not something I ever considered. What was this? What was the second book called? I actually think I might have a copy. Queen's Peril. Queen's Peril, that's what it was. I was trying to remember. Um, because Queen's Shadow, well, that's easy enough. And, they, you know, mm-hmm. there were even um, some uh, parallels in this book to uh, with the continuing to talk about Sabe, who is truly more the Queen's Shadow than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What was Queen's Peril's plot? This is one I'm, I'm not really... Um, not really remembering all that much. Hmm. You don't. They you don't really remember either, do you? Bit. I mean, I feel like there was a. Uh, so this one, this I one was like actually was during her, on her life. During Th- this was the prequel to Queen's Shadow, so effectively, this was where they actually talked more about her reign as queen, and more mm-hmm. specifically drilling into how they chose the uh, the handmaidens. You remember that this is the one where they went to a little dance party with old yeah. Harley, you know? Yeah, yeah, get, getting in some some teenage girl trouble. Now near <laughs> the end of that, they things. do actually transition to her becoming a senator, though. Correct. We get like a quarter of the book or a third or something where she is a senator. Um, let's see. I think or is that Shadow? No, I I think you might because I think Shadow was primarily just just the the, the, the the occupation of Naboo. Okay. Um, and it, oh, this also had some uh, some of the stuff like specifically on Tatooine. Peril did. It actually mm-hmm. moved through a lot because, oh, I remember now. So this was like we had gotten to the second half of the book. And it's like, why did we write this? Remember, it was like, why are they yeah. why are they re-explaining things that we already saw yeah. in a movie type of deal? Yeah. And they, wasn't there a plot point for them uh, freeing slaves on Tatooine? I don't. 
Well, Sabe. Sabe saves like six children or something. Yeah. Sashe ends up adopting some of them with mm -hmm. Erte. Or Rabe. Here, <laughs> See, this yeah, here, here we, we, here we, we were go. talking about this here before we, we started recording. Here, here, it's very difficult go. to keep yep, them all straight. Yep, come on. <laughs> let me go through my tabs. Let me get to Sabe's tab because I pulled her up. Um, uh, for Pete's sake. Is it Yane, maybe? It might have been Yane. Yeah, we're we we actually don't have to remember uh, much in the way of names for this particular book, so that's actually okay. Um, yeah, it's actually the the smallest cast that we see so far. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Yane Yane was uh, Yane was uh, Sashi's wife. They, and that yes, they indeed they adopted did. all the the slave children and a few others. Yeah, yeah this book big, too. Yeah, big big family. Um, and also, you know, just character wise, was kind of one of the favorites to sort of become like the governor. You know, uh, yeah. Bibble's role. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where we get into Panaka's uh, eventual rise, Quarsh Panaka, and then how mm -hmm. he he was really chosen by Palpatine overall you know like throughout the entire thing and we will talk about him a little bit here when we get into the book but um yeah P panaka eventually becomes the governor of, of naboo and and that's kind mm -hmm. of the downturn through the empire years because panaka unfortunately was a a pretty stalwart empire guy unfortunately yeah. which kind of stinks yeah which I kind of think is why they wrote in Typho, um, sort of as sort of an, a, another you know kind of captain who's like cooler than Panaka. It's like, well, yeah. well, we have to have an evil guy. Let's just give that to Panaka, and we'll make Typho. We'll make another one. I feel like that's how it went down. We got to have another yeah, one who's okay. like the exact same guy, but just right. good. <laughs> Basically, only they pair him up with Sabe near the end instead of with Padme. And of course, you know, you get to kind of see the the downfall of their relationship over one decision, you know, Quarsh. I mean, not Quarsh, yeah. <laughs> the other dude. But uh, yeah, they get into some... That, of course, that's the last book. You know, not this one, but uh, there's still kind of some mention of that. They're they're trying to work it out, but they they just don't trust each other anymore. And he just, yeah, turns into a jerk. Yeah, unfortunately, as a kind of a sad, sad downfall to a to a potentially cool character. I liked his wife. Uh, I think she was uh, more yeah. pronounced in the second book. Yeah, uh, she was Marriott. Yeah, I, something like that. I I was. Uh, I think I actually had her pulled up maybe somewhere too. But yeah, she was also a uh, one of the guards, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, very. I, I actually wonder, I don't know, maybe maybe one day we can kind of look into that. Yeah, Mi Marik, yeah, Marik Panaka. Um, Marik. Okay. Oh, and, and uh, tidbit, Panaka was actually taken out by Saul Guerrero. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm... Uh, what, yeah, I forgot about that. What happened to Marik? That's... Uh, I actually don't know if they really wrote any sort of into her story. 
Doesn't really say. I guess they didn't really continue to write anything for her. That's unfortunate. Um, but in, anyway, anyway, so yeah, we're going to go through Queen's Hope today, uh, ramble on through it, and, uh, you know, just give give some thoughts on that. But before we get into that, how's the week been? Not too bad. Not too bad. Rolling on into 4th of July weekend here pretty soon. Going to get a little break. I think I have a week off of school. Mm. So... Crazy week this week. Got a final to pump out, including a book report. So it's not necessarily a fun week, but definitely looking forward to the weekend. What about you? Yeah, not not so much. Uh, not so much really uh, going on so far this week that I can remember. Pretty much, uh, yeah, pretty much standard Normal stuff. week. Yeah, we, we did... Um, we did some smoking of some wings over this past weekend. Had wings and drums and thighs all nice and smoky with some sauces and went out to dad's and had a little little eating. We ate. We eated the food. <laughs> we eated the food and drank the beers and yeah. had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um and then yeah, the, the weekends weekends coming up. I know uh, it? I think it's Friday. Going to walk down and catch some of Red, White, and Boom. I think. Nice. And then, which is you know downtown Columbus, Ohio's sort of a big fireworky show. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, nothing really, nothing really else planned. I do have a couple days off next week that I'm just going to try and take advantage of. Get caught up, do some general stuff that I've been putting off, and see where that takes me. But yeah, that's about it. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing too. Yeah, crazy. it's kind of nice having it fall the way it does. Get a Monday off. Kind of looking forward to that. Be a nice little extra long weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is indeed fantastic. That's right. You know, it isn't fantastic. Mm-hmm. This book. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Look, let's go ahead and get into this book then. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So one advantage of waiting this long is that there are several plot summaries that get published. Oh, my God. And it's this is like one of the best plot summaries (laughs) I think we've had for a book. If it's like we don't even have to think about it. For once. Well, and you know, we normally try and do things like as they come out, just you know, to keep with the tide and everything. But it, it can be it can be hard. And like I said, we were we were so behind. I mean, we haven't we haven't done uh, Thrawn. We haven't gotten into that yet. Uh, there are several things we haven't gotten into, and we're I don't know. We'll probably miss other stuff too. But uh, yeah, it is always nice to have a big healthy plot summary. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but yeah, so anyway, if you if you did listen to or buy slash listen to the audiobook, um, that that was a reasonably good experience. Uh, Catherine Tabor comes back to voice the audiobook. And listen length just under seven hours, so actually a bit shorter overall uh production there which to be honest with you i mean is kind of nice 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I didn't mind that. I, they didn't bloat this book very much, and I was okay with yeah. that. And I have a couple of long... Catherine is definitely the voice of Padme now. Oh, 100%. I mean... <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I uh, I have some books that I listen to regularly that, you know, longer books that, you know, like when I'm out on my walks or something like that, I can just flip on and I don't really have to listen to all that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're doing stuff like this, it is kind of nice when the book is under, say, 10 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I started listening <laughs> to this Monday and was able to finish it. Uh, almost twice by the end of today at work, mm-hmm. and I didn't really listen to it much Tuesday. So it's a nice. Of course, I read or listen to it a little bit quicker. I usually can get a book like this done in four hours, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it is nice to have something simple. And it is a very simple, easier book to follow for the most part, except for some. Some of the uh, handmaiden stuff gets a little twisted, mm-hmm. but uh, just a nice casual read. Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely more in the young adult kind of mm-hmm. uh, reading pattern, I would say, as well. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, I do not like criticizing writers. However, um, I, I do notice at times when books become a little bit uh, either overly descriptive or maybe <laughs> um, a bit superfluous in areas where it's like, did you really need to put that there? No, it didn't seem like it to me. And that's just a me thing. That's an opinion. I did feel a little bit like that in this book. I I really do. I don't know, man. I got to say the first book, Queen Shadow was, was really good and it was really well written and it felt nice and it felt complete. Uh, Peril for some of its silliness, which I think we both wrote off to just teenagers, which is kind of what it was for, uh, was fine. I did kind of see myself stopping a few times and be like, was that entire paragraph really necessary? Especially with a lot of the uh, uh, clothes-related stuff, uh, which I yeah. get. Like, that, that was kind of a big part of her thing, you know, that... Obviously, that was, you know, to an extent kept her alive. I mean, they, they did kind of make it cool how, like, everything was woven with steel reinforcements and had little access panels to get out really quickly in combat situations. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the descriptors were good, but at the same time, do I really need to know everything she's doing or to pick clothes for you know, a position as a senator opposed to a queen literally in peril. Like, do I need to know which hairstyle would be the best to fit under a flight helmet? Yeah. <laughs> For like, I, I mean, the, the, way too many lines of dialogue. Yeah. The, those, those are certainly interesting levels of detail, but they, they, again, they do kind of become, you know, a bit bloated. I suppose so. Well, and, and I, I think, God, we, we, we sound all so negative, but I, I feel like this, it's almost like we're not really telling like a true story. It felt mm-hmm. a little bit more like we're being just told events, you know, as opposed to yeah. giving a story. It's just telling us sort of like, okay, so this happened, this, ha- okay, so the hair and then they do this and then they are back and then they do something else. You know what I mean? It's almost like it's more important than actually what happens 
<laughs> kind of. In the event, which is odd to me. Um, I, I guess one thing I could compare it to, it, it's kind of like Alphabet Squadron in a way where, like, the first out outing, first book, it was unique, it was different, it was special, it was pretty cool. The writing style was something that we hadn't seen before, so it was fresh. Then you get into the second one, it's like, okay, maybe we could change the direction a little bit, but I get it, this is a theme. And by the third one, you're just a little burnt out with it. It's not even necessarily the book's fault as much as just you're tired of it. <laughs> like, it is what it is, but it's not necessarily my cup of tea anymore. I, I have two words for you. Alphabet Squadron. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, I remember how how we were so excited after Alphabet Squadron, the first book in the series. And then we got to that second book, like, oh, my God, cults. And then the third book was kind of a bit of a write-off. Uh, and I'm not... The third book, it was just everyone was so emo and yeah. depressing and miserable, and you just hated everyone by the end of that book. Everybody. You hated everybody. Yeah. I'm not saying that I hate everybody in the end of this book, but... Like, you're just so sick of it. It's like, okay, I'm done. Like, I, d I don't necessarily want to see what Sabe does now. I don't necessarily want to see what A the Handmaidens do now, to be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, like, there are parts that... So, one of the pieces of this is Sabe and... Um, oh, I, I have, oh, hey, wow, first tab, that's good. Tanra. So, Sabe mm -hmm. and Tanra are off on Tatooine working at Freeing Slaves. So... My thing is, is that story could have been a book of its own. You could yeah. have done a Sabe book where she and Tanra were fighting against blah, 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 blah on Tatooine attempting to free the slaves. And I got to tell you, that could be a very powerful book in and of itself. But it mm -hmm. seemed like it was just sort of shoehorned in this book where okay, we did this, now I have to go away, and now I'm back. And, I, well, and it, and it kind of does feel like we start the book off excited about the prospect of that, and then we end the book yeah, exactly where we left off. It's like, okay, we're ready to begin, and the book's done. And, and again, <laughs> I, th I think that that, that sort of manif manifests that idea of being told and not really being immersed. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a story, it's like a record. And uh, while that can be fine, it just it, it, it kind of diminished it a it diminished that potential powerful powerful story. And then there's even a mini story in here about Baru, uh, mm -hmm. where she yeah we have our uh, our young girl stories, our little flashbacks. Yeah. Now the thing about Baru is she actually, and we saw we got to see a glimpse of this in Kenobi, where you know she's clearly more ready to defend her home than her husband. She's, she's clearly ready to take on about anything. So she's a complete BA there. But we, we see in this story, this little mini story where she has some other skills. She was actually trying to help locate, um, uh, Shmi's, uh, chip, her, her slave mm -hmm. chip. And then, which they eventually did do. And how she then afterwards continued to do that. And that's an interesting wrinkle in her character. She's not just like the homemaking, 
dutiful wife of a moisture farmer. She actually has more layers that aren't necessarily apparent because in the original movies, I mean, we it was so brief. She was just like, yeah, oh, and let him go. Drink your milk and shut up. <laughs> and, and then, you know, so, uh, well, you could do a Bruce story too. Maybe like a shorter story because I don't know how many people would be that interested in, in Bruce's story. But you could I think could I'd be interested that. because they kind of set it up where Shmee and Baru kind of had an adventure saving these people. It kind of did, didn't it? And it was actually a really tragic but triumphant um, story because we even get little points where, like she's describing what's like when they realize it's too late and they failed and the chip's about mm-hmm. to detonate and how everyone was reacting. It's like, clearly, they've done this many times. Yeah. And, you know, they're... Their main goal, and who knew that Shmi could like program things? Yeah, and, and that, realistically, exactly. how much of Anakin's skill set was passed on from, from his her? Mom. Yeah, I mean, C three PO kind of takes on a different aura to him, considering that's literally a gift from a, a gift of knowledge passed down from mother to son, and then back to the mother through Anakin's yeah. affection. It's really all he could do for her, being so. You know, well, slave, obviously, no money, not even poor, but they set up so much there. And even like the the tragic end of that story where it's like we were so close, we were trying to figure out how to, you know, get this program working, but then Shmi died and then it just stopped. And it's like, well, man, don't you think that would be a really cool setup to what happens with her getting kidnapped? I mean, yep. All the way up to that point, I think that could be a really... And you could even go into some of the stories of her torture and everything and really get into what she had to go through and endure. And I think that would really... Not necessarily want to get into that, but, like, see what she was going through, you know? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm almost saying that even if you didn't want to break it out specifically for Baru, you could do this Sabe story and you could meet Baru along the way and she could tell you yeah. like hey i, I want to thank you for like continuing this this is what we did and maybe you learn a little bit of, of it in there like a side quest or something like that you know let me tell you about you know shmi skywalker skywalker you know and then <laughs> then you kind of have that that kind of connection because obviously sabe is now hyper aware of of anakin and what you know what he means and everything so yeah, I'm with you there. One other thing I did want to kind of touch on here a little bit too that I thought just felt uh it felt like something that perhaps our writer didn't want to deal with all that much and apparently there had been some interviews where I guess she might have been a little bummed out uh is dealing with the Anakin Padme relationship because mm-hmm. we get to the point where Sabe finds out about it, and apparently, like, all of her handmaidens know, um, which is interesting to think about. But we have... We, we have this sort of end-of-book confrontation between Sabe and Padme, and it, it, it very much showcases, I think, a lot more of what I feel like maybe the writer thinks about the relationship than perhaps what the relationship actually is However, I will say that the relationship is a bit nuts, but 
Yeah. It didn't feel like it advanced it any. It only made it feel a lot more foolish to me. Because effectively what Sabe's, you know, basically saying, it, my inference of the writing of what Sabe's saying is like, it sounds like you guys just both like the bubble of your relationship, this adventure seeking, the thrill of it all. And, you know, I understand why you like him and, and so forth. And it, it makes it makes Padme look uh, childish. Yeah. Childish, <laughs> a bit naive. It makes Anakin. Well, kinda, he, she kind of hits the nail on the head when Padme is going through the series of events. It's like, well, there was the attempt on my life. And then Anakin went through all this darkness. He killed all these people. And then I couldn't deal with that. But then we went to Geonosis and then you got married. Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but see, that that's, that's kind of where, for me, I would just be like, there actually is some stuff in between that that you could highlight. Sure. Absolutely. To build the relationship. And I, I just, I, I, again, this is just a feeling I get. I feel like the writer, you know, E.K. Johnson, perhaps didn't really like that relationship that much and didn't really mm-hmm. want to advance it any further. Or maybe it was, you know, Disney direction. Who knows? You know, who, mo- who knows how much sway like the editors have over kind of what they're doing here. But, I mean, in, in a way... Anakin and Padme's relationship was one of those, you know, gone with the wind, notebook, love at first sight, super strong, uh, you know, whirlwind kind of romances and so forth. But there is time in between these pillars. There's development. You know, there is, there was development from Phantom Menace on, really, when you think about it. But one line that kind of just ruins... It almost ruins the character of Padme with all the buildup they've all the setup for her to be this amazing character. When she makes a comment, you once told me that when I fall for someone, it will be. How exactly did she put it? Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what the wording was. But basically saying, I'll, I'll just turn into an idiot yeah. when I eventually fall in love. And throughout the book, She's just trying to convince her. It's like, you told me that, and it's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That it was just a sour note for me personally. Some of the interactions they had with Annika and Padme weren't terrible. Um, you know, they had some decent moments in their honeymoon and whatsoever, and a couple of choice encounters, but it does set it up to be a very... Uh, I don't know. It's just awkward. Not as awkward as, you know, Attack of the Clones, but awkward... Well, again, that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is I, I felt like it was set just to be awkward instead of making it a little bit more kind of natural and loving. I, I, I feel like there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily either want to see the love or could feel the love in the two characters. Um, mm-hmm. And perhaps, I mean, you could say a lot about a lot of things in that. Uh, so I, I think it could go... A lot of different ways I I would you know I don't know I don't want to be sappy about it but I I do like you know the potential for actual love out there and not lust I I wouldn't mind you know have to have uh fleshed their actual love out a little bit more as opposed to making it so almost childish Mm -hmm. um in a way because I, I don't view Padme as childish 
I, I've, I've always viewed her as, as a lot stronger than that. And, you know, you look at Padme and Clone Wars or, you know, just how, how she was there. But then again, you also have her death of a broken heart, which is, you know, kind of lame. But, you know, George, appreciate you, George. Pre- appreciate that a lot. Um, so I had actually seen this was all speculation. Obviously, there's no real proof behind it, but a, a theory. And we talked about this a little bit last week, a theory that like Sidious was actually force healing Anakin after the Battle of Musafar by stealing her life force. And it wasn't really just dying from a broken heart. And honestly, even though it's not true, it's not what was written. I think that would have been a better end to her character than the broken heart thing. I don't, I don't necessarily like it as much because that potentially with as powerful as Palpatine is, if he's siphoning life force, you have two other lives in there. So mm-hmm. I don't personally like, I mean, well, you could also build on that if he's that naive and he can't sense it, then perhaps leaving a little piece of life force from say Luke and Leia or Luke or Leia could have potentially, you know, built up Anakin to eventually come back to the light. I just, I don't personally care for it. I would have Mm -hmm. preferred that maybe they would have done something more like, you know, the birth was particularly hard or there was a, Mm -hmm. something uh, connected with this that, you know, she actually was, this was like a high risk pregnancy and she lost the will to live, which in a lot of cases, the will to live can be as healing as medicine can be. If you do not have the will to pass through an illness, the potential is, is that you could fall to the illness. That's very common. Absolutely. I just but don't the only like problem this with whole not having will to thing. live. My, my only thing with not having will to live is like you're giving birth to two, two children. That's not, you, you, you can't, yeah, you, you, you have you, a will to live. No, 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 no. You, you, you can't hang on that. I've known a lot of people that, that that doesn't stop them from, from potentially going down negative roads. If you're in a negative mindset, that's that's a difficult thing to deal with. So, I, I mean, I don't want to discount what you said, but it's not necessarily a universal constant that that will help somebody through it. Yeah, so true enough. It's, it, it's, it's sad, but it's unfortunately true. Um, so, anyway, I, I guess some of the, the, in quotations, meat of the book, I suppose we could kind of get into, I guess. <laughs> not a whole lot of meat, but... It is lean, so can't complain. Like I said, not a lot of fat to really wade through here. It's it's a decent, you know, concise story. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of get in here a little bit with the um, in quotations wedding, although didn't really do anything with it. You, you I kind of no. felt like they could have just, I don't know, did something more with it. It's, it's a wedding. Like they talked about the secret cloth, but it's like that or not secret, but like special cloth, wedding cloth or whatever. But it just sort of seemed like we just really ratcheted through that and just didn't really, didn't really spend much time on it. Yeah. And I mean, we, we get like this little mission that happens, right? Was it right before the wedding? Like she has to run off and they have to run off and save somebody or something. And, or is it right after the wedding? No, it was, it was like right before like she gets back in in quote in quotes in time for the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's she's sent on a, a rescue mission 
by the Queen of Naboo to save, well, the Queen wants them to save her sister, uh, Mm -hmm. who is an artist that's living on an adjacent planet. And there are a couple of other um, uh, people of Naboo, Nabooians. (laughs) Nabooites. Nabooites. God. (laughs) Uh, that are, that are off. They're, they're artists. Um, got our spice kid. Yeah. I'm not really sure about that. You know, so here's, here's the problem. Social comedy and commentary in this. I do have a problem with that in in a way because like, okay, so, you know, marijuana is, is a, I would call it a warm button topic. I wouldn't necessarily call it a hot button topic much anymore because I think it's kind of like lost a lot of it's mystique. And I think people are a little bit more accepting of it now, just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but spice is not, is not spaces marijuana. It's, it's a, it's a actually, I sure want it to be. It's, it's a very (laughs) powerful drug that is, it's not, it's, it's not recreational. Like you're talking about the, the drugs in star Wars are crippling. They are, they're not good. There's a reason why you don't like Poe didn't want to be known as a spice runner. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause it's not, it's not good. Um, so I think that that kind of analogy between that is like pain management. Well, okay. But you but could have made up a route. Doesn't the star Wars universe also have better pain management medicine than using a drug? Yeah. Well, I mean, they try to make Naboo out to be something terrible when it's not like, this guy's supposed to convince us that Naboo just doesn't care about the little guys. Like, no, dude. Well, you, they're artists. That's yeah. tends to be sometimes what happens. Art, artists have, you know, in quotes, and this isn't derogatory, but like weird brains, you know, they have a different mm-hmm. way of looking at things, which is great. You need artists. But Naboo, like, they they celebrate art. They do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for Naboo, that's like a celebrity almost yeah. to be an artist. So it's just kind of weird how they have such a sour opinion of Naboo and really they take care of their artists pretty well. Yeah. It, it just seemed like it was shoehorned in for social commentary. Yeah, a bit. And I, I feel like uh, the way I look at this kid is he, he's an addict. It's, it, yeah. it's, not, it's not pain management. He's, he's an addict of spice. Well, and like they make, Anakin out to be the bad guy for pointing this out. It's like, no, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of do. So we do. And and again, this was very quick. We do get the, uh, the sister back Mm -hmm. and that's it. The rest of the people stay and we don't hear anything more about it. Like there's no consequence. It was, it it just sort of seemed like we were going to go and that's it. Oh, it's like reading a comic, just like a filler. Yeah. Adventure comic. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I felt like this would have been a much better use of character development between Anakin and Padme because we have some interaction, but none of it's like super substantial. Yep. It's almost like it was set up for that and then they scrapped it, but kept the the little adventure regardless. Yep. Yeah. It just kind of seemed like a bit of a meh thing. You you really could have just focused on like the happiness of a wedding and, building their relationship a bit more and putting a little bit more feeling into it, but it just didn't quite seem to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we move on to Sabe who, like we already talked about is off with Tanra, Captain Tanra, um, you know, attempting to liberate slaves. They have, uh, you know, some scanners are trying to do their best. 
Uh, interesting sort of tech, these, these chips. What are they, it kind of like talk about like self-replication and programming and all this, like they're really crazy advanced, which seems a little, it actually seems a little For weird. For a slave chip, it kind of defeats the purpose of, and <laughs> I, I'm trying to be careful what I say here because we're talking about human life, but like these chips are probably extremely expensive. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of having free labor when you're going to put all that money into it? Or is this just easy to replicate? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but it, it does. It seems like a lot. Like, I don't know. It, it, it seems it like a own, lot. It has like, scanning system to tell if it's being tampered with and it will self-destruct. And Yeah, like, which I, I get I get having fail-safes and everything. It just seemed like, wow, this this really is a piece of technology. But I guess it just makes the the kind of story of the slaves a lot more tragic and also makes it a lot more impactful when it's like, well, you don't just get out of it. Right. You know, didn't it seem like something you would read about the empire, like enslaving Wookiees? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's something the empire would use, not just slave traders and Tatooine. Yeah, it was, it was strange, but it, 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 it does put, and again, that's why a Sabe, uh, Tanra book, would be pretty sweet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just going through that and maybe explaining a little bit more of the tech and like why they use it this way or something like that. And, and yada, yada, yada. It could be a really interesting well, and again, just give it to EK Johnson, like just let her continue to build the story of Sabe. Cause I'll, I'll say this. It's very clear to me that EK Johnson's favorite character is Sabe. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, without doubt. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if it's because of that or just my preference, but Sabe, Sabe is my favorite character of the book, too. Well, I, I got Which is weird talking about a Padme book. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to be a Sashay main. Like, Sashay is pretty she, cool. She, they don't give Sashe enough <laughs> credit, but well, she, her portions are really cool. Yeah, she, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously was the one who was tortured during the occupation. Mm-hmm. And kind of became a big symbol. And like we already talked about, you know, she was on her way to becoming, you know, governor of their sort of tri-ruled system. But, you know, Sashe, I, I think, was just really cool. But Sabe is a really close second there. Obviously had the closest relationship to Padme. And we got... That's where descriptors actually work, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're but good. Like, talking a lot about, like, her makeup choices. Yeah. Because she specifically wants to show her scars. That's a descriptor that's actually developing a character and useful in the story. Mm-hmm. Not like just picking which bun to use to fit your hair in a helmet so you don't have to cut it off. Well, they, they also <laughs> mention a little later with Sabe about like the the lines of where of being on Tatooine and you know, mission after mission after mission. So they, some of those differences are, are actually kind of cool. You know, the years go by, the differences will become more apparent because you're all living different lives. Even though you might be doing the same routine, you are still different people. So those are the kind of things that are cool details for sure. Right. You know, obviously Sabe is going to be a little bit more weathered living on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they she, she doesn't really tolerate the senatorial side of it yep. anymore like she used to. So she really isn't that good of a double <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah. And she, she's, yeah, certainly, certainly coming into her own. 
Now, she's called back by Padme. They're going to run the double scheme here so that Padme can go on a mission. Um, that's sort of fronted by Bale. Or Another gone. mission. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crucial. And only Padme can do it because there's tea involved. Yeah, revolutionary <laughs> tea, man. <laughs> um, I mean, I, we could probably sum up this whole mission very quickly uh, with it's a Nymoidian who is mm-hmm. effectively attempting to change the perception of the Trade Federation. Um, I don't know if I can pronounce this this Nymoidian's name. O.J. Nadib. Nadib. Okay, there you I'm go. Just gonna say Nadib. <laughs> Checkered past by their own admission, um, but wanted to effectively lure Padme out so that he could divulge this plan. And they're they're effectively you know freeing some people, sending them to uh, what is that adjacent planet to Naboo? Uh, uh. It's fine. I don't remember the name of it either. <laughs> we were on it. With uh, with it's a minor planet, isn't it? Uh, maybe maybe as we go along, maybe I'll keto minor or something I, like that. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't remember. It's fine. Uh, which we, you know, we're <laughs> aren't we the detail people? Uh, it, <laughs> it's not in the plot summary. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's cool. Uh, well, you know what? There uh, aren't there normally like uh, locations, planet list or something. <laughs> detail. Yeah, we should. We should. Uh, where is this stupid plan? Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll keep. I'll keep looking. In locations. Uh, uh. Oh my god. I'll keep. Yeah, there's a lot of locations. <laughs> god, this is. Yeah, this is. Hey, we mentioned it. Um. Hmm. <laughs> I love this unidentified rocky planet. What is that? <laughs> Good job, Wikipedia. I appreciate mm. you to no end. You make me laugh. Um, okay, so that's that's pretty much Padme's secret mission. It, it all wraps up pretty nicely. Uh, it's it. It's not really even. I don't know. There's not much to talk about. We have two Wookie pilots. Um, that little. Uh, I don't remember the name. Uh, what was our creature? <laughs> our little oh, buddy. Um. Zebi. Was that the name? Zebi. Is it Zebi? Okay. I think it's Zebi. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You sure? No, no, because there's a Zebi and then a Zebi's daughter. Nah, nah, dude. So that's, that's not, not it. Come on, man. Come on, man. You're better than this. Person. You're better. <laughs> bird person. Bird person. Rick and Morty. Oh. Bird person. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, I'm boy. Trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. You are terrible. I don't even remember. They they had uh, wings that don't actually uh, don't actually they let can't them fly. fly. It's how they balance. Yeah, what a terrible, what a terrible. God, we are terrible today. What is our deal? I think we've been dealing too much with Kenobi. Well, I yeah, f- I found the two. I found the two Wookies. <laughs> it's impressive. I wouldn't have guessed the Wookies. Did you just keep clicking names till you found a picture of a Wookiee? Nah, they they just said, "Oh, okay, uh, Maurice, it's uh, Ida, or Ida, Ida. Um, but a uh, uh, Maurice was the um, the species. The species, yeah. So, 
anyway, that was their engineer. They had the Iffy, you know, the, the droid G1FFY. Mm-hmm. Iffy juice. Iffy juice. Oh, God, what a weird thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the droid was actually under effectively the programming of our Nymordian. And, uh, yeah, it, that's what it was. Typho came to. So, yeah. Yay! <laughs> Um, so essentially, the the main plot of this book is pretty much Padme helping this guy replace Lot Dodd. Yes, very her, very true. Putting her vote in for this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you are indeed correct and fine, fine story, I <laughs> suppose. Nothing. I don't uh, know if it's book worthy, but it's a thing. Yeah, I, I would say that Sashay's thing was a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah, I kind of wish we would have fleshed that out a little bit more. They, it, it was just more interesting as far as like being a fan of Naboo and Naboo culture. Like they're trying to get rid of this bill that essentially makes it so Naboo can take on takes resources. Know, takes resources from every planet and call upon that no matter what, and they get to decide what they need, Mm -hmm. not just specifically laid out resources that they are allowed to ask for. Right. You know, they're kind of paranoid to get rid of this bill because of the blockade, obviously, you know, almost starving to death. And everyone else kind of panicked about that, and they're actually talking about switching up the the way they do their government, Mm -hmm. uh, which... Ultimately, is Palpatine's plan all along to insert his figurehead? Yeah. So I I wish they kind of would have spent a little bit more time on this particular story because it's actually, like I said, it's actually kind of interesting, and it's it's so unimportant here that it's not even in like the plot summaries really. Well, Padme doesn't even like comment on it throughout the book. Correct. It's yeah. Which it's, is just weird. It's just a little side <laughs> Sasha quest where we we meet Harley again, and yeah, the, there's an existing bill. And what my what my big question is is so was this just Naboo who passed this, or I would have to assume that because it involved these other systems, that the other systems had to have been notified or had some sort of cogent agreement here or. Something I would imagine they'd have representatives in this hearing to pass or that's that's to the bill. Yeah, that's kind of why I that's kind of something I I feel like we needed to know more Could've about. Been out, you know, um, Could have had these people coming up to Sasha and really stating their case. Yeah. And well, may, n- maybe you see a part of Naboo that isn't so rainbows and sunshine. You know, maybe there's some messed up things going on there, or maybe it's just. You know, showing that they are one of the most compassionate planets, and they they want to try and take care of everybody by choosing to pass this bill. I mean, well, no, the the the, the, the thing is, is that it's it's all about the original bill, right. not not the later one that comes. Because yeah, you're right; it shows a lot of compassion. But my whole thing is, what about the original bill? Because again, if you're just saying Naboo unilaterally passed this original bill that effectively is screwing planets out of stuff without any sort of representation, I want to know that. Or did other planets have some sort of agreement in there? Because then, no offense, 
But like, if you make a crappy agreement, it's a crappy agreement that you made. And I don't know if that's the case. And that's kind of what I want. I mean, they kind of lean towards it being mutually agreed upon, but they never really stated outright. And it's just a weird thing to keep ambiguous. I mean, I I don't understand it. (laughs) It is. So I I don't know, man. It it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I wish, I wish it had been fleshed out because like showing compassion is great. And I think that the eventual deal that they made is probably beneficial sort of, although it actually, uh, we kind of see the darker side of, of, of Panaka here. Because Mm -hmm. he basically says, it's like, oh, so you chose to weaken yourself. Um, And this is laying... And Palpatine even mentions this. Right. And this is laying the the stones to put uh, Panaka in. But at the same token, I mean, what would have happened? I I don't know that there was anything that would have saved Naboo anyway. If you're going to have Chief Palpatine claiming this is his home planet, it's screwed no matter what you do. But it just sort of seems like... um, it just I just wish they would have explained the original bill a little bit better uh, because it all seems to have went Panaka, to Panaka's plan, but then it's like, but what was the plan? Right. I don't know. It just sort of, again, we detail certain things, but not other things. And perhaps that's just the young adultness of the novel, but that just sort of seems like an important thing that could have been a little bit more time spent on it, perhaps. Yeah. You know, one thing I found kind of weird with the whole Course Panaka thing, obviously this book focuses more on the dark side of Sidious, and we don't really see a lot of the governor, you know, the nice guy, Palpatine stuff. He's even kind of imposing around Sashe and everything too, but uh, it's kind of weird, like they mention his interactions and friendship with Panaka, mm-hmm. almost like they are genuine friends. And it's just kind of weird to portray Sidious in that way mm-hmm. to me. Well, yeah, it, it is. It is a little strange. I think um, who's to know? Like the- is this like kind of another almost Tarkin-esque thing? Mm-hmm. You know, where there's a potentially a measure of respect in a way. I don't know. Right. Although at the same time, he might have respected Tarkin, but he also really messed up his life a bit in the process too with his son and everything. But Not sure. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird dichotomy. I, I It was kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, that just makes Sidious badder, really, when you think about it. Um, yeah. Because, I, I mean, let's just say friends is probably not the right word anyway, because if Panaka ever crossed him, he'd just kill him. So there mm-hmm. you go. But, yeah, Panaka definitely uh, definitely became a pawn, so that is sad. But anyway, I just wish they would have uh, fleshed out the Sashe story a little bit more. That would have been good. Yeah. Good for me. And, and you know what, uh, Dorme? <laughs> Again, this book. It details things, but not others. But, like, Dorme is effectively running everything underneath Padme. Pretty much. I mean, if there's no Dorme, things would not be that great. So. hmm. Yeah, very 
um, underappreciated character. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, I just saw this tidbit as, as you know, you were talking. Uh, Sasha in, uh, in Phantom Menace was played by uh, Sophia Coppola. Fra- really? Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Yep. Huh. Well, that's kind of cool. So there you go. Did she have dialogue? No. Other than God, no. very simple stuff. I don't think, because I think... Uh, is it Sabe is the only one that like Anakin talks to Correct. and interacts with technically? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that was. Um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting her name. The actress. Uh, oh hell, what's the actress's name? Uh, who played Who played Sabe in the movie? You don't remember either. <clears throat> no, I'm um, looking it up because I don't. Uh, Kira Knightley. Knightley. Dang it. I was just, it was just on the cusp of, of remembrance, but yeah. So, so yeah, that was Kira Knightley was, uh, was Sabe. Yeah. But yes, that was basically the only one that Anakin really interacted with at that time as a kid. She mentions that too. It's like, he was the only one who asked my name, you know, he's a sweet boy and all that good sort of stuff. It's kind of interesting how they, try to set up the whole Vader comic series with their interactions mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah, I, I did kind of like that a little bit. His overly aggressive childish attitude towards her calling him out on pretty much everything that he's doing. Right. But <laughs> she also admits that he can be charming and he, mm-hmm. he does have those kind of those traits as well. So there's, yeah, it's interesting. Another thing, just kind of, since we're jumping everywhere with this, um, we do get another short story of Brio Organa, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Th- Mention that. I wish I would have fleshed that out a bit more. It was kind of simple, you know, kind of well, poking jab at, I don't know. It was just okay. Well, I but mean, what, I, I wish what, are we, we what are we talking about this breathing thing? That was something that, because I, I, I haven't, I've never really dived into the character all that much, and you know, it is what it is. But she, she's wearing a breathing mm-hmm. plate. Like, yeah. Was she sick? <laughs> I don't know. Just one of those kind of swept under the rug characters, I guess. I'm really, yeah. I'm actually really interested. I, I kind of kicking, <laughs> I'm kind of kicking myself because I did want to, I actually did want to look into that before we recorded and I, I didn't. Um, I actually didn't know before this book that uh, Bale took her last name. Didn't that, know that. That is something on Alderaan that they do. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So, okay. Here, here we go. So at the age of 16, she underwent. Day of demand ceremony, claim the right to the throne, three challenges com- that she'd have to complete. While completing her challenge of the body, uh, Brea suffered a bad fall. Her injuries nearly killed her, if not for a quick action by one of the guards who was observing at a distance. Although she did survive, her heart and lungs had to be replaced mm. by... What the heck word is that? Pulmonodes? <laughs> Pulmonodes? Yeah, so apparently that's mechanized stuff. So she's uh, she's more machine than woman. 
Uh, unlike most people who receive such mechanized organ replacements, however, she refused to encase them in new flesh and skin, choosing instead to keep them visible as a reminder that she lived. So there you go. Didn't know that. Now I know. Hmm. I wonder if it looks like... Uh... Oh, don't let me forget her name. Our assassin from the Boba Fett series. Fennec? Fennec. I wonder if it looks like Phoenix. I don't know, but they sure as heck didn't point that out in Kenobi. Thanks. Just didn't didn't let us know she had flipping robot robot parts. <laughs> She'd be the only one able to chase her daughter because she'd never run out of breath. Uh, maybe <laughs> the only one that she couldn't get away from. <laughs> Very interesting, though. Kind of a kind of a neat. Um, Kind of a neat thing. I'll have to. We'll have to do more with her in the future. I don't yeah, know if there's any. Wouldn't mind more. doing more with both of them. I always like Bale as well. Obviously, gets a lot more spotlight. Ironically, because they portray her as the important one in this book, but it's like only ever hear about Bale really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, because you know, obvious reasons. Br- Brea is queen of Alderaan, and we don't really actually get into Alderaan much in sort of mainline. I'll look. I'll look for some some media. I'm sure there's some stuff out there that we can read in the future. Uh, but I'd anyway. have to imagine some of the old Leia books would probably have some good tidbits about that. Uh, it might be. I, I don't. I don't know. We'll look into it. Um, so I guess as we kind of move around here, we've dealt with the two missions. We've dealt with Padme's missions. We've dealt with Sabe. Um, I, uh, I guess really the only other thing here is kind of the, the conclusion of Sabe and Padme towards the end of the book. Are we missing anything before that? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Sabe's made up her mind that she doesn't, she doesn't want to be on Coruscant. She wants to go her own way and they have a, you know, sort of their confrontation, which isn't really all that bad, but we, we already sort of talked about her views on Anakin and then uh, that, you know, she'll effectively always, basically always serve Padme, but don't ask type of deal. And then she returns to yeah. Tatooine yeah, and to Tondra how she put that. and they have a, the, the, yeah. And then we have our new and improved scanner, which means that they're going to have uh, a lot easier time to uh, save save some slaves. They also did kind of uh, make this whole thing with Tanra, where they they share a kiss and it. I don't remember the exact wording, but basically it felt more like coming home. I think is what it was said. Um, yeah. Something where the shadow of Padme had been lifted because they did sort of talk about that in the last book with, you know. I, I don't know her, her love for Padme, infatuation with Padme. Um, and now she feels that way for Tanra. And this is sort of, you know, she even, she even says, I need some time, but then still they embrace. And that sort of seems like, like a good, healthy thing for, for Sabe there. Yeah, it was kind of weird how they worded that, too. It's like, I knew she'd never pick me, but... You know, there, there, there's something going on back there, but uh, it, it was good to see her get a normal, happy ending. Mm-hmm. You know, not be so, well, in the queen's shadow, no pun intended, but I do like how she even puts that. I mean, it, even at the end, she's like, I will still 
do anything you ask me to do, but please don't abuse that anymore. Basically. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and also not to, not to be nitpicky, but you know how, how the world is now. Nothing about normal ending. Just, you know, <laughs> not trying to imply anything. <laughs> oh no. Not, I just mean uh, she didn't have to go through all this crazy yeah, stuff anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, she is still trying to save slaves, so I guess she doesn't really have a normal, yeah. you know, Baru and Lars ending where they just farm. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But no. I, yeah. It, ultimately, I do like the character development for Sabe throughout the books. Yeah, and I don't know if I if I just maybe missed it in Queen's Peril. I don't think I did, but like. Where did Tanra come from? Like, where did this on-off thing and now on thing even come from? I think it's just implied in the time frame in between books. It just kind of seems I strange. Don't should it. we miss, like, some little short comic or something? I feel like we missed something here because, like, while I'm happy that Sabe has somebody that she clearly loves, maybe, cares about, will end up with or whatever, where did it come from? I just feel like I missed something there, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, my God. We did forget one little plot point that wasn't in the plot summary. It was the, like, the Jedi whose family is kidnapped thing. You remember that? Or, like, oh, a Jedi God. helps them. Somebody's family is kidnapped, and... Oh, yeah, that was... Um... Oh. Yeah, that was uh, that was on our planet we went to with, with Padme. The uh, It was the governor or whatever... Of the planet, uh, the the separatists were already on that planet yeah, that, that they went to. It was like her granddaughter and granddaughter-in-law, and their three kids got kidnapped or something. And who was our Jedi that helps them in that? Well, Barisafi was there. Barisafi, and then not her master, because I think her master dies. But like some other Jedi master is there to help as well. Crap, I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, that was the only thing I think we missed. Not a super important plot point, but another plot point anyway. Yeah, I wanted to remember that. Apparently my computer, my mouse might be dying or something because everything's getting really choppy and I can barely click on stuff. So I can't necessarily find Yeah, you're getting kind of laggy now. too. Yeah, oh good. So yeah, computer's a little chuggy on the on the old Zoom side. So I'm just going to let it, let it be for a second. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we, we did run into Barris very briefly. Um, and the general Jedi master that was also kind of commanding the Republic troops there as well. So, uh, let's see any other points we've got to talk about there. I think yeah, we've kind of went not, through most of the book. No, nothing huge. I, there was like some little thing with, Plo Koon and Yoda and all them, but not even really a plot point, just some commentary on the clones developing their own personalities more than anything. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing big. Okay. Did you enjoy Catherine Tabor's Yoda? Oh, it was the best Yoda ever. <laughs> it's probably the only voice acting I didn't like. It, it sounded like if you or I did Yoda. Not mm. trying whatsoever. <laughs> she she really <laughs> leans into those mmms. <laughs> In case you don't know, this is Yoda. <laughs> yep, that's Yoda, all right. 
case you can't tell by the way that they're talking, this is Yoda talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and roll into the ratings here. Give it a rating out of five and explain it. Out of five, yeah. This one's going to be a little bit tricky to rate properly because I do like the book. Um, the little plot points, although some of them seemed underdeveloped and some of them seemed a little pointless, like our little first adventure before the wedding, um, there was nothing wrong with the story of the book. I just don't necessarily think it was an exciting story or one that even necessarily needed to be told mm-hmm. for the most part compared to the other two. It's just not as epic. Kind of wish we had focused more on Sasha a bit um, and Yane for that matter too. But for the most part, it's well done. We get some awkward moments with Anakin, but other than that, that's that's okay. I don't want to sound harsh on the book. I did enjoy it, but I'll, I'll give it a 3.9. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, just not, uh, you know, not up there. Super high. I'll probably never read it again, but it wasn't a bad story. For sure, for sure. So, Goodreads has it, if it'll stop popping up pop-ups, uh, 1,500 ratings, 3.8 is what Goodreads has it on. Amazon's uh, definitely higher, uh, 4.5, I think, 4.4. So... Bit higher uh, ratings there from the mm-hmm. where we normally check. I do think some of the negative ratings are definitely, at least on Amazon, are definitely about in quotations the woke stuff that people label as woke, um, yeah. and so forth. You know, obviously we had, you know, Sabe is bisexual. We have mm-hmm. um, the oh. Sasha's aide. We were just talking about her, or not her, um, them. I, I don't remember the the pronoun that they use, but and uh, to be honest with you, I don't really remember if it was a non. I, I feel like it might have been a non-binary situation. Perhaps they use some of those Z terms. I think, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that. And again, I'm not being flippant about it. I just genuinely don't remember. Um, but they they did introduce some of that. And people are always going to complain. And some mm. of the pronoun stuff, it, 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 does get, it does get a little hard in an audio book um, sometimes. And I remember one we did not too long ago where there were a lot of they and thems. And sometimes mm-hmm. grammatically it does kind of hurt in an audio book setting. I think it would be a lot easier in a, in a physical book setting to read through those at your own sort of speed, pace, and understanding. So I... You know, it is what it is, man. I mean, we we don't care one way or the other. It's fine to add that kind of stuff in, in my opinion. I, it, do, it doesn't bother me at all, um, aside from some of the, the, the grammatical stuff that, that kind of gets jumbled in. It just all depends on the reader, really. Um, but, yeah, that seems to be the majority of the negative ratings. Uh, some of them, however, on Goodreads actually do get a, li- a lot more a lot more in depth and in more of a critical constructive way, as opposed to just woke, 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 you bunch of woke libs and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's something that I can uh, appreciate. And I I think that, um, 
I think that a lot of it is some of my complaint as well with this book. I don't really think that this was something that truly told a, a, a real story. I, I think it was more like just being ushered through events um, in a in a way that was, you know, a day in the life. Yeah, it, it just wasn't it wasn't crazy interesting because like Queen's Hope or uh, excuse me, Queen's Shadow was an amazing book. I loved Queen's Shadow just like I loved Alphabet Squadron. And it just seems like we, I don't know if there's like a rush to the finish or like uh, maybe we just didn't have enough material for a trilogy and maybe stop signing up people for trilogies or whatever. Like not everything has to be a trilogy um, or what, whatever it might be. But um, it just didn't really hit all the marks that, that Queen Shadow did. And it, the storytelling was, was, it felt like a young adult's novel and, and that's not a slam. It just, it did. It felt a lot less sophisticated than the first book did. And even the second book, uh, despite dealing with other themes that were certainly more teen appropriate, I suppose, um, it just could have been better, like focus on something. It seemed very unfocused. It does, however, set up a very interesting potential for another book where you could just focus on Sabe freeing slaves and and kind of like her grow up and then eventually you just could in that particular book where the vader comic is you know where we where we see her interacting with vader um and him thinking it's padme and so forth it's like that's something that that could be um something if you wanted to do more media her and tanra's adventures type of deal um or not doesn't matter to me. It just could be cool. And you could bring in Baru as well and, and build upon that character that they obviously tried to boister in Kenobi. Um, but yeah, the book itself, it was just kind of a eh, eh book. Um, so I was probably going to be, um, uh, I think I came in at a, a 3.7, 3.7, I think is where I was at. I kind of in agreement, probably wouldn't necessarily reach her at, um, I don't know if ever is, is, that might be a bit strong, but whereas I would certainly read Queen's Shadow and probably do a second read of Queen's Peril, this one, uh, was a bit more forgettable, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Yeah. Queen's Shadow is one of those things where I would almost consider throwing it in for like an ultimate rewatch of everything, like watch Phantom Menace and then just listen to that real quick after. Yeah. You know, I could see filler. that. But I would not do that with this book. For sure. I don't even know where you'd throw it in. I guess it'd be right after Attack of the Clones or somewhere in yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah, in that's between, basically. Like, oh, I'm burnt out on Clone Wars. I'm going to listen to Queen's Hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that would probably be where it fits, I suppose. Yeah. So, well, there we go, folks. Uh, anything else we need to run through? Ready to wind down? Ready to wind down. All righty. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening. We, we certainly appreciate that. If you... Want to interact? Uh, we are on the social media at TC Plan Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, uh, or you can just uh, send us an email to tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us your what's your review of Queen's? Uh, I keep Queen's the, the Queen's <laughs> hope. Hope. hope hope this time. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Are we way off base or whatever? We're more than happy to discuss any of your uh, your theories or whatever, or just general comments on that. If uh, if you keep it nice, we might just talk about it. 
Um, but aside from that, that's all we got. So y'all have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you. Thank you.